This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Welcome back to the program. This is Afternoons here on News Talk 770. I'm Andrew Lawton. Great to have you tuned into the show today. Obviously, and we were talking about this on the show earlier in the week, Kevin O'Leary's entry into the conservative leadership race is incredibly significant. The man has tremendous potential, clearly to organize, to gain media coverage. He's got a lot of focus on his campaign, and that is very good when you have a crowded field of 14 candidates. And even though a lot of people have been celebratory, about O'Leary's entry into this race, there are a number of people that are expressing some grave concerns about it. One of those people is Arlene Dickinson, O'Leary's former Dragon's Den co-star, a woman who runs Venture Communications out of Calgary and also has a great deal of success on her own front as an entrepreneur. And Arlene actually wrote an op-ed on cbc.ca in the opinion section there, and she wrote that, look, she's known Kevin, she knows who he is, she knows that... Who he is on TV is exactly who he is in person. People shouldn't be giving him the benefit of the doubt on this. She also said that his background doesn't really qualify him to be the leader of a party, let alone the leader of the country. Arlene Dickinson, former Dragon's Den star, joins me on the line now. Arlene, thank you so much for your time today. Great to speak with you. Nice to be on the show, Andrew. We've talked a lot in the past about Dragon's Den a couple of years ago, and one of the things that was always notable about the show was the rivalry between you and, and Kevin O'Leary. I mean, as a viewer, it was like the ultimate devil angel thing. You've got the, the compassionate investor in you and the uh, most polar opposite of that, many would argue, in Kevin O'Leary. And I know that I always wondered, especially being in media, if this image, this persona was exactly that, a television persona with Kevin O'Leary, and you wrote a, a great op-ed on CBC's opinion section saying that, no, that is, that is absolutely who he is. Yeah, I mean, I sat beside Kevin for seven years, and day in, day out, uh, got a first row seat to kind of his personality and how he dealt with things, and really, you know, at the end of the day, what was evident for me is that Kevin is an opportunistic guy, and, you know, that's, it's kind of evident when you think about what he did this morning in his interview, he was talking in one of his interviews about he got asked the question whether or not he was going to uh, stay on Shark Tank, you know, and whether he'd quit the show now that he was entering the race. And his answer was that he would make that decision later. So, you know, again, it was he's hedging his bets. He's kind of taking the, not really committed to Canadians. He's doing whatever's going to work for him. And that's just a, just a total underline of exactly what I think the challenge is with him running for uh, the Conservative leadership, which is exactly why I wrote the op-ed. Well, and he had said a couple of months ago when this flirtation was earlier on that, uh, you know, he might have actually run for the Liberal Party, that there wasn't really any loyalty to this particular party, let alone to even the job that he's wanting to enter into. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that the Conservative Party can count on him sticking around uh, in the party if he isn't successful. And that, that again, that's, you know, it's cut, uh, cut and run when things aren't going your way. And that's not what we want. We want somebody who's committed to a specific type of policy. Perhaps his brashness is on the extreme end of the spectrum, but I know a lot of people would look at the role of a venture capitalist, which is what Dragon's Den highlights as being in and of itself opportunistic. Yeah, sure. There's 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 different types of capitalists, and I think that this uh, this is actually one of the points I made in my op-ed, Andrew. That you know, capitalism that is all about greed and all about you know self-interest is not the type of capitalism I adhere to. There are people who have consciousness about how they invest and how they work with people, and I you know I personally think that that's very important. So. 
that's not the kind of capitalist that I want to be represented by. And I don't think that's the kind of capitalism that business wants to be represented by. Tell me a little, if you can, about Hope Blooms, because this story seems to be very indicative of this broader issue that you're trying to raise attention to. Yes, I mean, listen, it was just one, as you said, it's indicative of a, a bigger issue, but it was one example of, you know, inner city vulnerable kids who had done something really quite meaningful in their community and for their own lives who came on the show and was, were prepared to give away money that really they shouldn't have given away in terms of a royalty in order to be able to get the start they needed to do something that was going to change their community. And, you know, we all, you know, the four of us committed to it and gave them $10,000 without any royalty because we understood that sometimes the show, sometimes this whole notion of Dragon's Den, you come in for the money, that you still are a person up there investing. You have to listen to these things with that ear. And Kevin just dismissed them. I mean, he, you know, was basically, nah, this isn't the charity den. Well, no, life is sometimes not you know, exactly what it sets out to be. But you have to listen intently and make choices based on your values. So it's not like once taping ended, he snuck over to the kids and said, hey, I had to be that guy on TV. Here's your money. Don't tell anyone. No, not that I'm aware of. And I'd be very surprised if that was the fact. It's really interesting when we look at this narrative, obviously, that we've seen in the U.S. with, you know, the outsider coming from a business background into it. And I, and I don't think, as you've noted as well, that there is a point-for-point a point Trump comparison that can be made here. But what does seem to be connecting them is essentially this idea of, okay, I'm going to do this because it's good for me now. Yeah, well, and that therein kind of lies the the the... the the whole issue, right? What is the platform? What are the policies that you're going to do? There's just a lot of negative name-calling and, uh, frankly, just dismissal of any anything that anyone's done and, and without any kind of solution to it. So it's easy to be a critic. It's not so easy to be a leader. You had a lot of sparring matches with him on the show, and I was always one of these people that felt, as I sort of alluded to at the beginning of the interview, that this was coming more from a, a playful, you know, worthy adversary point of view. And, and you have mentioned that you, you've had glasses of wine with him and you obviously had a, a working relationship. But, but at the core, do you like him or, or do you respect him? Or if the answer to that is different, please let me know. Um, you know, I... I... I, I I do like Kevin for who he is. You know, Kevin is who he is, and I I have nothing personal against Kevin. This isn't a um, this is about what I believe his values are and what that means in terms of what is going to happen with the leadership of one of the major parties in our country and potentially running a country. And so it's really about I have an insight into him from sitting beside him that I felt very um, deeply about. So you know, he's not he's not a he's not like he's a uh, a bad guy from that perspective, but he's just not a guy that I think should run our country. And there are lots of people in my life that I like that similar. I wouldn't want them to run the country, and, and right. that can exist right. irrespective of my personal feelings for them. And I guess that brings us around to the other question from a more business perspective. I mean, he's touting his business credentials, the way he invests, the way he runs companies, as though that is evidence of his uh, forthcoming success he'd like in politics. Do you respect the way he goes about business from what you seen and what you've known you know i there's there's lots that's been written on his track record in business and i think that that's all public record and i think anybody who wants to look back and see whether he has been as successful as he says he's been is is really up to you know the individual canadian to go and do their own investigation on i'm not going to tell you whether he is a, or is not a good businessman what i am going to tell you is 
uh, from that perspective. But what I am going to tell you from the track record, I think that's all public record and it's worth looking into. Do you agree with what we often hear from people that having a, a background or a success or an aptitude with business qualifies you to run a country? Because we, we see that comparison oftentimes that, you know, the, these politicians, they've never run a business. Now they're running a country. Do you think that there is merit to that idea of someone from a business background being in political leadership? Well, let me start by saying that I, I really do applaud Kevin for having the desire to put his ring hat in the ring for this race. I think that takes courage and that takes, you know, a, a certain amount of, um, you know, conviction that that's what he wants to do. So anyone who wants to run for public service, I, I tip my hat to them. That doesn't mean something because you want to run and because you've been in business that you are the right person for the job. So I keep circling back to simply because you want to put your name in there doesn't mean that you're right for this position. So business experience is certainly valuable, but, you know, political experience and government experience is also very valuable. And I think having the right combination is what Canadians want. We want a leader. So listen, people are wanting a different politics. They want a different politician. We want honesty. We want integrity. We want values. We want transparency. We want to have somebody who is going to represent um, all Canadians uh, and to, to represent the multicultural fabric that is this country and to also have a good business sense and to also be able to be fiscally conservative and fiscally responsible. This is what the new politics is about. But to think that somebody can just be good in business and ergo that means that they're going to be good in politics or running our government, I think is, um, is not right. Well, and this is one of the points that you made in your piece, that it's not about dollars and cents solely in politics. We're dealing with a number of other ministries, and, and this is coming from me. Look, I'm a, a, a very small-c conservative person, but when I've heard anything that Kevin has said off of the economy plane, whether it's foreign policy, whether it's military issues, this is where that business experience hasn't so far translated into something that seems to be politically meaningful. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, you are running for office to serve all Canadians, not to ever serve yourself. And this is about doing what's right for the country. And so, you know, your point is exactly right. In those lengthy conversations you've had with him on camera, off camera, has he ever expressed this desire, this deep-seated desire to serve in a political capacity? No, not to me. So this came out of left field for you then when you started to see these musings a few months ago? Well, I, you know, I had certainly heard about it quite a while ago uh, through, you know, uh, through the grapevine. I'd understood that he was thinking about running. I, I, uh, I started to see some softening in terms of his position and how he presented himself and, you know, kind of a change in terms of his tone. And so it was clear that he was getting ready for, uh, for something and that he was going to declare himself in the race. If he wins, are we going to expect you to run against him? <laughs> you know, Andrew. Uh, listen, I uh, I uh, never say never, but uh, right now I've been <laughs> I've been I've been certainly um, all you know had lots of conversations off and out of politics around being involved. But right now, the answer is no. <laughs> all right, Arlene Dickinson joining me on the line now. Arlene, thanks so much for your time. Really great to speak with you. Thanks, Andrew. Well, anyone hoping for an Arlene O'Leary showdown on a debate stage will unfortunately have to wait at least for a little while. Not this election cycle, it sounds like. But, hey, she did say never say never. There is some hope there. We've got to take a break here. When we come back in just a couple of moments, want to talk a little bit more about this and the significance of this little standoff. That's all coming up in just a couple of moments, folks. I'm Andrew Lutton. Stay tuned. 
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.